Hey everybody, welcome back to the studio. My name is Danny Grant. I am an artist, a drawing and painting instructor, and this podcast is the place where I interview and talk shop with other professional artists, and we get an inside glimpse into their daily lives as professional artists. On this episode is artist Gabriela Gonzalez Deloso, and I really love her work. Um, it's it's impressive in technique. It's impressive in scale. She uh, she likes to work really large. Um, it's wonderfully imaginative, and above all, uh, it's beautiful. I I've admired her work for quite some time, so it was exciting to get to spend a little time chatting with Gabriella. Um, and I think you will all really enjoy this episode. So um, here it is. <laughs> Hi, Gabriella. Welcome to the studio. Hi, Danny. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you bringing me on to your wonderful podcast. Oh, thank you. Uh, that's so well, nice. Um, well, let's let's get into it. So, um, I wanted to ask you about what your daily or weekly schedule looks like. I guess if it, I think for most of us, most of us it it's different day to day throughout the week. Um, so can you tell us just what, what, uh, a, a normal week looks like for you? Well, I, um, teach. So I actually, um, prepare myself, uh, you know, a couple of days a week. I, I teach at the National Academy School of Fine Arts okay. later in the day. So, uh, you know, I start my day early. I try and get a, a few hours of painting in, and then I'm I'm off to uh, to teach, and um, so that's kind of a little bit of a half and half type thing. I'll, I yeah. get back home later in the evening, and uh, you know, so that that's that type of day, and then the rest of the week I spend, you know, on my painting, and uh, you know, I, I'll usually get up really early, like, uh, I'll, you know, six thirty-seven, and I'll have breakfast and, uh, you know, kind of lounge around a little bit and, uh, you know, I'll get to work between eight thirty and nine. Cool. And, uh, yeah. And so then I'll spend the day painting and, uh, some days are different than other days, you know? Yeah. Um, some days are, I'll work all day into the night and then there are other days where, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of stop and, uh, I'll do some paperwork or, right. you know, I'll, I'll start planning a new painting or something like that. You know, there's some days where I'm just planning, you know, paintings, because that's the kind of thing I do. I don't just, you know, do the painting. I have to sort of get props and all of right. that stuff. And that's pretty time consuming. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so that's kind of, it varies. It varies depending. Okay. Um, cool. I, I, I want to talk about that. Um, uh, your, your process, but, uh, just quickly before we get into that. Um, so I'm, assuming your your sounds like your studio is at your home yes and okay. that is absolutely the only way i could have it um mm -hmm. i was never into like traveling somewhere because <laughs> yeah. 
you know, that's kind of, I feel like that's a loss of time for me. I yeah. kind of, yeah, uh, I agree. yeah, I like to definitely be able to just walk in there and, uh, do the work. I mean, I have a separate, you know, room where it's only my studio and, uh, you know, so that kind of works perfectly for me. Yeah. Um, you know, traveling, you know, it's just, uh, definitely not an additional time loss that you need. Yeah, for sure. And being, um, being in New York city, uh, uh that's gotta be incredibly expensive also to rent a separate space. Oh yeah. Yeah. As a studio. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's see. Um, so you grew up in, in Queens, right? Uh, yeah. In, okay. in Astoria. Okay. And are you in Manhattan now, or are you still in Queens? I actually, I'm I'm in West New York, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, cool. so it's like okay. people are like, oh, West New York, is that New York? It's New Jersey. It's sort of, um, it's kind of close to Hoboken. It's 15 okay. minutes from here. So, yeah, so it's pretty close to the city. Yeah. Nice. Um, are, are you happier out there? Do you like, you know, being maybe a little bit quieter? I do actually. I, I do. To kind of get out of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I love, uh, you know, you can get more space out here also, you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely enjoy, it's not nature out here. That's for sure. Cause I am close to (laughs) the city, (laughs) but you can see like from where I am, you know, you, you walk outside and, you see the city and that's pretty nice, you know? Um, so you get the, you can see the sky and all of that. I mean, it's not nature. Sometimes I think, well, you know, some, what would it be like to be in, in a more, you know, nature surrounded area? You know, sometimes that does cross my mind. I do enjoy the quiet and all, Um, you know, so, uh, this is not exactly the most quiet, but, (laughs) but it's not the city either. So it's a little bit of a mix. Yeah. Have you ever, uh, have you ever considered moving, you know, further out outside of the area or? Well, I, I, you know, I, I've, I've thought about it. I I love the beaches and all that. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's something, uh. You know, that is not out of the the question, you know. It's just right now where I'm located, it's easier to go and work and where I teach. And oh, right, right, so right. it's, you know, when yeah. I'm coming back late, late it's a easy, you know, return. Yeah, of course. Rather that. than commuting two hours or whatever that is. Yeah. You know, uh, I actually you know, have some friends that live in uh, Pennsylvania and, uh, you know, you can, uh, out there is really nice and quiet. Um, but it's far, right? That's really far. So you have to do a two and a half hour. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little much. Uh, Yeah, that is a little much. And even, even if you're sort of on a, on a train where you're not sitting in traffic or something like, it's still like, yeah, uh, I mean, Talk about a loss of time. Although I guess you can get a lot done on a sitting on a train with reading or uh, writing or studying or something. But but still, yeah. it's it's not being in the studio. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so um, I do want to hear about. Um, let's go back to you. Your process for um, preparing uh, for paintings. Um, 
yeah, okay. Just, I guess just talk about you know yeah what's 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 that process look like gathering. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that is, you know, interesting because I, I, although my paintings are imaginative, they are based on real things, and um, you know that'll involve like costumes. I've okay. always had this absolute fascination with costumes um this goes back years for me and um it all you know the way i started i have a collection of these things oh cool and um i i started back in the day before ebay (laughs) or anything like that it was the (laughs) it was thrift shop like obsessions you know (laughs) and so I would go into thrift shops and I couldn't believe what I was finding. And um, I would buy fabrics and uh, just really interesting stuff. And, it, you know, it was something I enjoyed doing. And, you know, that was when I was a student. Uh-huh. And um, I kind of like wasn't exactly painting this stuff at the time, but I did sort of enjoy it. I don't know how to explain that, but it was just something I loved. I gravitated towards and I sort of clicked one day where I'm like, you know what, this would be great (laughs) to start to incorporate into paintings. And, um, I started monitoring for a few teachers at the art students league. And, um, I started bringing in this, this, all these costumes. I started costuming the models <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the people seem to enjoy it. Um, yeah. and so that's kind of like, I started incorporating these props. I had I, the, one of the first things I ever set up as a monitor. And I think it, I'm trying to think was if whose class that was. I think it was Richard Pionk's class. Um, he was a wonderful, one of my first teachers, he was a pastelist and, uh, he, um, he was the president of the Salma Gundy club. And, uh, so yeah, so he was a really wonderful guy. And I, I set up a snake charmer (laughs) with like all these different, like, vases and I had all the the fabrics and uh so anyway so it it kind of started to work its way into my process when I was a student and um and so I kind of got used to doing that and as I started um you know and you know what else I actually when I was a student at the Art Students League I I actually was illustrating books. I had graduated from the School of Visual Arts, and I did both. I I was studying. It was really, I I worked hard. I I was studying painting full-time, and I was illustrating books. Cool. And, yeah, and so that right there was you know, my first professional experience, I guess you would say. And uh, I didn't really use the props when I did the illustration, but what was interesting initially, Mm -hmm. initially, and the work started gravitating. It just, I didn't look for it, but I, I, I don't know, I guess the style I had 
you know, sort of attracted this. I, I started getting historical stuff. Yeah. And so that's when I start, I did start to, um, you know, incorporate some costumes. Like one of the, an early book I did was Anna Green Gables. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, so that had a colonial type feel to it. And, uh, so that was an interesting project. And, uh, so, you know, so this is how that, this all started coming along yeah. later, later on, just to fast forward. I mean, I, you know, I could go on and on about that, but <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, I, um, I, I had studied for a long time at the league and then I had gone to the academy and, uh, you know, there came a time where I was like, okay, I've done this a long time. Um, and I started to say, well, what is it that I want to do? You know, I actually, the whole time I illustrated, I never liked it. I, I was absolutely, I just didn't enjoy illustrating at all. Oh, wow. Interesting. I, I, and, yeah, Can, I did like, not. Could you I, sort of pinpoint what it was about it? Or? Yeah, I, I actually can tell you that I um, did not enjoy putting pictures to other people's text mm. or stories. I was yeah. like, was I wasn't feeling it. I, you know, and, and then back in those days, like the early 90s, they, there were some amazing illustrators, my goodness. They yeah, were terrific. Yeah, Oh, I was like, wow, these people are amazing. <laughs> and I know that whoever was that good was pouring their heart out into those illustrations. Right. And I just was not feeling it. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some projects I did enjoy. And uh, I did, you know, I worked really hard on them and all of that. Um, but it, I, it wasn't feeling completely genuine to me. So I was like, hmm. Yeah. You know, so I, I I was studying painting from life for I mean I mean it must have been like ten years at least, yeah. or more, a little more than that, and um, I just I I started to get a little bit bored with it. Um, the studying from life, or I, I well just painting the model over and yeah. over again. It just it didn't totally satisfy me. Right. And um, I thought to myself, you know, this, there has to come a time here where I have to do completely my own paintings without anybody's influence. And yeah. um, I, I, I just, it just happened. I, am I to sort of think this way? I mean, I was monitor and I did get to set up the, the stuff, but. I wasn't totally free, so because you know you really are in a class situation. Sure. Yeah. So, um, oh, I, I left. I left at at that. You, you know, it's funny. Left I, the I'm art just, students league. Or? I left actually. That was at me, the national league. I left the league okay. and I went to the academy. Okay. And uh, that's where I ended my studies, and. Um, it's so funny. I just thought of something. One of the <laughs> last memories I have was in, uh, it was nine. And I was in the class. Uh, actually I was Sharon Sprung's monitor and she was a fabulous teacher. Yeah. Um, and, um, I remember I was painting 
when this all happened. And it was one of the last paintings oh I gosh. did. I did as in school. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, so it's just interesting that day. I mean, I, that's, I know this is totally off the beaten path. No, no, no. But, uh, but I remember, like, we were painting this model and, people were like running out of the room and you could, yeah, you could run out of the Academy and go down fifth Avenue. And actually I remember looking at the towers and you could see smoke. They were still standing. You could see the smoke coming out of the towers from, from 89th street. And so anyway, yeah. So, (laughs) so that was a crazy day, but um, yeah, but I, I, that year was the year that I left school Okay. and, um, I decided I, you know, what I need to do is my own collection of paintings Yeah. and, uh, and that's what, and, and I thought of, you know, that at first, you know, what's interesting when you're so involved with an organization, like a school, you really are set up. You kind of go there. Yeah. It, it, there's a model there. You set right. it up. It, it's kind of like, okay, it's very comfortable. When you're taken out of that type of situation, there's an adjustment period that I found for myself anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, I found that um, I was a bit blank. Yeah. I was like, I just started painting stuff. Like, I started painting my mother. and right the self-portraits, and and then I started experimenting with some costumes. And uh, what I decided to do was a series of clowns, and that's where that all started. Okay. Uh, I, I, I was like, you know what? I've always loved them. I, uh, I'm i going to do this series um, on clowns. And, and, and you know what? When I did them, I was like, I really felt what I was painting. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, this is, I think I'm doing the right thing. I'm, I'm really feeling this, you know, it was mm-hmm. very different than the illustrative work where I was doing it and it was great. It was going to be published and all of that stuff. But I, I always knew there was something missing there for me. Yeah. Um, so this other thing was different. It's so it was important. different. Yeah, yeah I, I know. So. I kind of like, oh, this is interesting. So that's kind of how I started doing my own work. Cool. Um, That I I think the first painting that I saw of yours was a clown laying down. um, And I I guess New York City way in the background. Um, Sorry, I can't think of the title uh, yeah. right now. Do you know the one I'm talking about? I, I do, actually. With that the, was... uh, yeah, clutching the flowers on his chest, right. I think. And Oh, yeah. my gosh, I love that painting so much. Well, thank you. Thank you. That was one of my first paintings that I did on my own. And, you know, it became this whole thing with, like, you know, the, the towers in the background and yeah. the construction. And, you know, it kind of was funny. I had started that before 9-11. Oh, really? Yeah. And it kind of, wow. I started to add things in. Yeah. Into it. And it was like, it, it kind of, it was meant to be this painting. I kind of added these things and it became this whole thing. And, um, 
you know, so I told this story in that painting and, you know, it was interesting. I, it, you know, that painting started me off and, uh, really interesting was like one of my first, because, you know, you, you do these things and it's almost like, you're like, you know, okay, now you have to see what you're going to do with the painting. And, uh, yeah, yeah. what, what is, what do you do? You know, you're not in school. You're not, I'm not working for a company. I'm (laughs) sort of doing this, this painting that is, you know, this theme of a clown and confetti and you sort of (laughs) like, you do it cause you love it. Um, but interestingly enough, back then the art renewal center, I think they, I don't know if, I'm trying to remember if it was the first salon competition. I don't even remember. Okay. Yeah, I know that's it was one. where I saw it from. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not sure if it was the first, it might've been the first one. Okay. Uh, I, it was long ago. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, and, and actually Paul McCormick, um, fabulous artist. Yeah. Um, he actually was encouraging artists to enter this exhibition and he told me about it and I'm like oh okay I've got I've got <laughs> a painting you know yeah. I'll enter it and anyway I'll make a long story short there I wound up winning third place and I was like I want this this is a good sign I'm like this is interesting and I actually wound up meeting Fred Ross and he did buy one of my works and oh, I'm cool. like I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's something to this. Um, So, you know, so that was one of my early experiences uh, in terms of or maybe my very first one, uh, you know, in terms of just, you know, those early, early paintings with the Mm -hmm. clown collection. So did that kind of give you and it sounds like it probably did, but did that give you the... um, I guess it was a validation or, 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 you know, the sense of like, okay, this is, you know, you kind of got, um, you won the award and there's sort of, you know, a clear acceptance of your vision, I guess, your, you know, this thing that you love to paint or this subject matter and and this work that's moving you. So, um, I guess from that moment, did you sort of have the confidence to go ahead with like, okay, my my vision or my idea is going to, this is going to work here. Um, you know, it, it always helps when somebody does validate what you're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, for me at that point, I was happy. I was feeling it. You know, yeah. I was like, you know, this, I wanted to do something I loved and I want, and I loved the art and everything. And I wanted to do it the right way, the, the way that, I could totally pour myself into it. Right. And, and, uh, that was, that's always been my goal. And, um, and the, to, for that to happen was pretty amazing. Um, yeah. and, uh, I, you know, I'd met Fred Ross and I saw this incredible collection and I'm yeah. like, I'm like, wow, this is, this, this is what it's all about. Right. So, uh, it, did it it was nice to yeah. uh, to have that validation you know yeah. definitely and i don't so, mean to say i don't mean to say that that you know that we're you the work is validated by the outside world because it's you know clearly it has value on its own but but we got to make a living and yeah so no that's, absolutely that's a thing that like 
I don't know. It be, it's sort of it always on my mind. Yeah, no, that's like, you know, it, it's, it, it is something because, you know, let's face it, making art is not free. Yeah. Um, right. it, it does, it is expensive. Uh-huh. Um, between all the type of work we do, I mean, it, it's, it, it does involve a lot of things. So, um, it is very nice when people appreciate it and, uh, validate what you're doing, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, that definitely, uh, has had a lot of value for me, you know, Yeah. definitely, you know, and, um, you know, that's something that, uh, in your journey as an artist, uh, you know, it's, it's wonderful when somebody appreciates what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, it, it means, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to put too much importance on it, uh, to say that like, you know, your work is not important unless other people appreciate it, but it's just this you have to you have to find an audience for your work. Otherwise, you you, know, you just make all these paintings and they sit in your studio and yeah, uh, you know. And then um, you know, that's you, true. Yeah, you go absolutely. and load FedEx boxes for a living or something like <laughs> you know or what whatever it is. Um, yeah, yeah. So I it's know. just it's so important that that there's an audience for your work. And, um, but at the same time, boy, it's a terrible place to be, to be think to be sitting down, planning a painting and thinking about, well, I really want to do that, but I'm going to go do this thing instead. Cause I think it'll sell. You just, uh, yeah. And that's, uh, you know, this is the thing. And, you know, <clears throat> I've had long conversations with a really good friend of mine and mentor and, He's had an incredibly long and successful career. Um, Gary Irby, he's a, a Trump Loy painter. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I, I mean, he's definitely taught me a lot about your vision and thinking about what you're going to paint and being true to yourself, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's sort of the most important thing. And it's hard, though, because we're visual people. And we are exposing ourselves to other people's criticism. Right. And, um, and you have to sort of, I, th- what I always, you know, we converse about this. It's, you kind of have to do it because you believe in it mm-hmm. and you have to develop a tough skin. And I know we always say this as artists, oh, you have to develop a tough skin. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy, especially when you deal with the gallery, you know, um, you want to make them happy, of course. Right. You know, you want to make them satisfied with, um, what you're doing. You want them to, to make money and all, but the thing, it's very, very tricky because, okay, that there are things that sell more than other things. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Right. <laughs> do you do you cave into that demand or not? Um yeah. and so you know that that's the delicate delicate line. Um 
I mean, the way I've dealt with that is number one for me is just, I I've got to feel that subject. I, I can't, you know, and, and in my paintings, my best paintings are always the ones where I follow that yeah. idea, oh, you yeah. know, and, um, and it always will come across like, even if you say, Oh no, but I like this and this and that, but would you really paint it? Would you really choose that? If, yeah. Yeah. I if, guess. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. You know, yeah, I mean, you know what I'm going to say. It's right. Would you really paint that if you weren't going to submit it to a right. gallery? Yeah. So that's the very, because there are layers of thought in that, in terms of you can convince yourself, okay, yes, and this and that. <laughs> and you might not even realize right. why you're doing it. Yeah. So that's a skill in and of itself in terms of choice of subject. I wonder if... And maybe this is just sort of mental gymnastics to kind of rationalize doing those kind of paintings. But I wonder if if you could sort of, if you took on the frame of mind that like this is a commission, even if it's not, you know, uh, uh, literally a commission, but you know what I mean? I'm going to, there's this painting I could do and it could probably sell. I think there's a market for it. Um, and I'm just going to view this as a commission. Um, I don't know. You know what? I to me like maybe, yeah. maybe we could sort of take it on like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it depends on the personality of the person who's the artist, right? You know, because some there are some artists that thrive on commissions. I mean, you could see they literally just love doing commissions. You know, yeah. they're waiting. They they you know they're completely into it. It just depends, you know, and that's a very interesting point that you're bringing up in terms of, okay, you can view it as a commission, but yeah, it, it depends, I think, on, on who it is doing the, like if I was to do the commission, I, you could definitely know <laughs> I wasn't going to enjoy the commission. It's not, it's not my thing. I mean, I've yeah. come to terms with that. I mean, people have asked me, Oh, will you do my portrait and this and that? Uh -huh. I'm like, uh, you know, I just, <laughs> um, it's not something Um, see, here's the thing though. Yeah. If the person who's asking you to do a commission will understand who you are. And that's a rarity, you know, right. Right. Um, they'll understand what you want to do and they basically let you do whatever you want to do. Right. Then it's not exactly like a commission anyway. Well, that's like, so yeah, that's the best yeah. of both worlds, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's kind of, uh, 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 that's a thing of who who it is doing the commission. Yeah, right. You know, so it's like you have to find your personality in there, I guess. So, um, okay, so you started with that was was that the that was the first series I guess you did the clowns. Yeah, I mean, I I I did uh, that as my series and. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a tricky subject, but people did respond to it. Um, I knew it was 
you know, like you said, oh, you think about what sells or whatever. You wouldn't yeah. typically <laughs> choose a clown to, yeah. uh, you know, as the selling point. But you know what? I, I think any subject mm-hmm. it depends how you do it, you know. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like, uh, uh, yeah, that was the first series and uh, it was. It, 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 was something I was interested in. And then from there, you know, I started, um, paint, I painted like brides, which was another subject matter I thought was visually beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I became kind of like enamored with, you know, I, the, that was another, I did this huge bride, um, it was a really big painting, my goodness. I, I, you know, I don't know. And I did these big paintings. I, yeah. I was just going with my gut with it. But I do That's enjoy great. painting large. Yeah. I, I get, you know, I guess you can't think about if it's going to sell or not, you know. Um, yeah. No, ultimately. I, yeah. I think that's right. You, know? you just have to paint it. Uh, because, yeah. Well, and I do really believe, too, that, you know, there's basically a market for everything for everything uh, yeah. you know some things more than others but i do believe that if you you really follow that thing that you love and you paint that you know and it's clear that you love it because of the way that it's the way that it's done and that comes through in the painting and i do i do think that there's um really a mark yeah um mm-hmm. i, I you agree might have to you might have to really uh, you know, to some degree, kind of cultivate it or find it. Uh, but I do think that I do think that it's there, and it's just it's just kind of another one of those things that sort of goes along with with this career that maybe we didn't think about when we were just learning how to paint well. Exactly. Just, you know, yeah. <laughs> that exactly. you might have to you might actually have to go create your own market. Um, yep. It, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you have to go and, and, you know, like we were saying with your gut and, uh, and that's kind of, I've always been that type of a a person. I kind of go with my gut and, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, and it's, you develop a process as you go. You develop a pro. I mean, the props, like I said, started in school, and then eBay came into the picture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that was a really great discovery for me. I'm like, I could not believe what I was finding on eBay. It was like yeah. a dream. It was a dream come true. I was finding at that time Victorian gowns. I was like, I can't believe oh this. Yeah. It was like a dream world. I was like, oh my god. So yeah. So that the first bride painting I actually it was a dress I found on eBay and it was all tattered and I was like this is perfect oh cool yeah Yeah, and I like and that was like the start of the expansion of this collection (laughs) that like I have in boxes and boxes and you know it's sort of uh, each one's a memory for me yeah I think it's interesting how you were saying that you were collecting these things without thinking about without thinking about painting them you were just collecting them and um it just sort of struck me that that was that was just you sort of um uh just sort of 
I guess participating in or kind of you already had this sort of aesthetic or a, a, a thing, a look um, that you were interested in and it was just sort of you being you doing the thing collecting the things you loved and then it, it and now it's being expressed in the paintings and that that's really authentic i mean that seems like exactly the thing that artists that we should be doing is is we start with we have certain values and we have a certain aesthetic and we have a certain you know look or thing that we're into and then if we can bring that out in our paintings, that really seems like the whole point. Absolutely. And you know what? I think one thing I think is interesting for me anyway, I, I kind of feel like you have to go with, with you, your authentic self. And no matter what is out there and if it's, if you're very different or whatever, you just have to go with something that's real to you. You know, like, you know, I know Victorian stuff, you know, that's a, a thing of the past, but that's, I've always gravitated towards mm -hmm. that stuff, you yeah. know, and uh, that's what it is for me. And, um, you know, I, I kind of, if I didn't do that and I tried to do something else, it just wouldn't feel real to me. So I kind of, flavor everything with with my kind of aesthetic i guess yeah you know and that's kind of i interpret it in all different ways um and that's what i what i think that's where enjoyment comes from you know right kind of like enjoy being real to to what it is you love oh my gosh yeah i mean that's that's what makes that's what makes sitting down in front of the easel exciting is this you know, you yeah, sort of absolutely. get to indulge in 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 you. <laughs> I know, right? What a profession. <laughs> I know, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. It's a special profession we have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um so given all of that, what um is there a specific advice that you would give to a young artist who's about to jump into this world um and like um maybe beyond the kind of you know what we were talking about like you you got to follow you got to you have first you got to kind of learn what you love right and yeah then, and yeah then, and then follow that um but is there is there other advice and sort of business advice or something that you would give to an artist who's who's just leaving school and entering the art world you know, yeah, I mean, that, the you know, when I left, I sort of, the first thing I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on my vision, develop that, and do a collection of paintings. Okay. That's the first, that's the first thing. Yeah. You need to, you need to gather your thoughts and you need to put together a body of work mm -hmm. that's consistent in vision and technique and um, that's number one. I mean, without that, uh, you're not going to be able to accomplish too much. Um, right. I, I think uh, that takes a bit of time to do well. And you have to really be critical and sit back and uh, focus. Yeah, um, that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing, yeah. yeah. And that, that's, you know, that's a thing. That's a leap. That's right. definitely a leap to take. So once that's accomplished and you feel pretty good about the collection, 
then you just have to start entering the shows. And like I said, I told you that, uh, you know, my encounter with Paul McCormick uh, was at a, a, a juried exhibition mm-hmm. and uh, my painting was hanging and he kind of was like, oh, you should enter this. And, you know, so that was that would never have happened if I was just, you know, sitting at home with my paintings <laughs> So, you know, you have to, you have to show the work, show the work, enter shows, you know, um, you kind of have to, and, and, you know, things you can do in terms of organizations out there, you want to participate in different things. And, you know, that's kind of how I met my, my mentor, Gary, he, he was the president of Allied Artists of America. So I met him and he, he was a great influence in my life. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, that's, I met him through Allied Artists. So, you know, so, it matters. It matters in terms of getting your work out there. And you know what? The thing as a student, you have to just keep doing it. You can't get discouraged. Right. You know, you, you have to just, this is, you have to develop an ethic of determination. You have to be determined. You have to like say, okay, this one, you know, there'll be 10 shows you don't get in, but the one you do will be the one that'll lead you to something right you know so that's kind of a really um important thing that you always have to keep in mind in terms of um you know just getting your work out there you know you have to be consistent and you have to you know what now with social media my goodness (laughs) when i was like going into this there was that did not exist yeah Yeah. now you can uh, you can in addition you i mean i hear stories about <laughs> oh you were seen on social media and this right. and that so i think it's a lot easier than it used to be oh yeah uh, sure you know um because you have platforms now that have taken the power away from like just a few venues that you right. could show your work right. now you have this incredible visibility. So I but I guess with that comes a whole lot of people. And I guess the question, the question would be, how do you stand out in that crowd? That's the big question, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would think, yeah. Well, the other thing is, um, oh my gosh. Yeah. It just, it's so noisy. It's so noisy out there on social media. Um, yeah, I see that. And I kind of like, so I think the answer to that would be not only do you do social media, you have to do other things. You have to be active in the real world also. Right. You know? And yeah. if you're lucky, you're lucky and this and that. Um, but you can't forget, you have to get out there with the work and you have to yeah. enter a lot of shows. Uh, you know, yeah, I think... I think both are important, but I think, I think probably still more important is the, is the getting out there physically. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, uh, because it's hard to tell what's real on social media too. It's hard to tell, uh, you know, you see someone, um, it's hard to know who's really liking your stuff or like, 
uh, I guess we were, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about Instagram. And, you know, there's things with, with these social media platforms now where you, you buy likes or you buy, you know, so, so much of it is just um, it's pure perception and it's not real. You know, or you you could buy, you know, you buy followers. People buy yeah. followers. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I agree. It's so a it's very, a, it's, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't think, like, that might, that might increase, uh, you know, how someone views you on that social media platform. But I don't think that's moving the needle as far as, uh, um, you know, painting sales or, or, you know, winning competitions or, you know, just... You, you're painting hanging uh, on a wall somewhere having an impact. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like, it is a whole world in and of itself. It's a very interesting age we live in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you start to think, you know, the re- what's real, real art? I mean, the whole, the ultimate, ultimate goal is to create something that resounds you know yeah and um all this likes and this and that it's so far removed from that right it's so far removed from that i mean just because something has four million likes does that make it a great piece of art you know (laughs) (laughs) you know so this is this is kind of a an interesting phenomenon where what 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 kind of world would we live in if that was the like the determining factor uh i know right like if that was the only thing that sort of decided if a painting was like objectively good or not is the number of likes uh that would be wild yeah um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know it, it's an it's interesting though and you know it, it's yeah I mean that's a very interesting thing and in terms of you know we were talking a little bit about this before um we started recording and you know it's it's ultimately it's going to be about the art and does it stand the test of time and all of that I mean yeah you know what's going to be universal and what's going to be you know, what's going to resound a hundred years from now? You know, what, what are going to be those paintings that right. are like, you, like, you know, I, I, I went to Brandywine and, uh, you know, a couple of days ago and I was like looking at Andrew Wyeth and I'm like, wow, you know, yeah. there's a lot in there that <laughs> it's just a universal, whether you like it or not, you know, it, it does have a depth to it that, Oh I think gosh, yeah. it stands the test of time. So, um, you know, so that's a really, um, you know, social media is actually the anti of that. It's kind, it's kind of, um, yeah. it's kind of like, it's a social, like it says social media. And so you have to be your own judge. You have to be your own judge. And, that's you know, a great point. Yeah. You kind of have to not get too too taken by oh if it didn't get a like or whatever, you know. Because I hear <laughs> I hear that a lot, you know. So it's like, <laughs> oh gosh, you have to yeah. sort of like well, you it's, know, yeah. It's um, 
when that's sort of the the metric, it's hard not to get caught up in that, you know. Yeah. But um, but that's where it's like you know some people are just good at using, uh, good at using the platform, and it leads to. <laughs> you know, it's just a, knowing yeah. the knowing the platform better can can help you get more uh, attention and likes and whatever. So yeah, and it doesn't does it really mean anything about the quality of the work? But not uh, that's not to diminish you know great work that gets tons of yeah absolutely uh, you know, absolutely um, yeah. But it's yeah, a yeah. it's a skill. It's a whole skill in there yeah. um, that um, <clears throat> if you use it well, it's incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely incredible. It's just it is a skill. It's absolutely a skill and and interesting. It's so. I mean, what we can see on the on uh, on the internet is just amazing. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Do you think that this is a conversation I've had with with other friends of mine? Um, do you think that? Maybe this is kind of a hard question to answer, but um, do you feel like on social media, or maybe not on social media, but, but with social media being part of the scene and everything, do you do you get a sense that there's like a movement of, uh, gosh, I don't know what you want to call it. There's so many t- different terms out there that people are using, but I guess realism or classical realism or contemporary realism whatever whatever we want to call it um do you get a sense of a movement or does it feel you know what that's a great question i actually i i do and yeah. um it, it's definitely there and i think that what's very very interesting is that the internet and social media has given this realism, a platform that I am not so sure would have been as strong or as visible um, if it it was not for social media. Because, you know, the art world, let's face it, is not all about realism. You know, there are a lot of different media and, and, uh, you know, uh, things going on. I mean, it's very varied. It's very, very varied. And, um, you know, this is a very interesting, uh, you know, thing. A mo- it is a movement. And, um, and there, th- the platform is there. And um, people and artists have taken control, the people involved in it, of making a cohesive statement about it because it is going on. Yeah. It is happening and it is very contemporary. Um, and I think the fact that this visibility and, and all of that, I mean, uh, you know, it, it absolutely has influenced, uh, you know, shows and, and I think shows happen because, you know, in museums, like, for example, I went to the Delaware Art Museum and I saw the um, the realism show. Um, oh, OK. The uh, what was the name of it? Uh, something Vision or something. I, I <laughs> yeah. forgot. But it was a wonderful show and it was all realists. Cool. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, Truth and Vision. 
21st century realism. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those shows and a lot of the people I've seen on social media that are a group and they are really excellent, excellent artists. And, you know, I, I can't help but think this visibility is giving, you know, I guess the backing or, I don't know, uh, what would you say? I mean, it's yeah. giving, it's giving like, you know, when you see a commercial and you see it over and over, it stays in your mind. Right. It's this type of thing where, it, you know, you're on social media, you see these images and some resound and they stay in your mind. And I don't know, I would think this has some sort of influence on the museum world and, sure. and all of that where shows like this start to come together and happen. Yeah, well, I, and I guess a group like that can go to um, a museum or institution and say, you know, uh, hey, look, we have, uh, there is this big, um, um, this following or whatever. You, we can demonstrate to you that there's all these people that are Im- interested. Mm-hmm. You know, because of because of uh, all of the people that are in this group on social media or whatever. So maybe it's a way to sort of uh, prove to an institution that, hey, this is valid. There's something going on here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So and whereas maybe you went, wouldn't have been able to do that before. You might say, <laughs> you know, you might go and say, look, no, I swear, man, I got all these friends and we're all into this. <laughs> right. <laughs> I there's know. There's going to be people coming out. It's going to be successful. And they, you know, uh, that's they sort absolutely. of have to take your word or not, I guess. But, but yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty incredible thing about social media. I mean, you know, I mean, look at Graydon Parrish. He started all these, yeah. you know, art groups and everything. And it's very influential. I mean, I think that um, it's, there's something to be said about it. I mean, absolutely. And that's, I think our time, you know, when you read about it a hundred years from now, there's going to be, it's a revolutionary time, these last 10 years, it's a revolution in, in the art world. And I think especially for realism, uh, things changed. And, uh, sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely. People have come together who do this and develop, um, you know, uh, this this genre of representational or realistic painting. Yeah. Well, it's it's such a uh, it's so hard to imagine, um, you know, what people will look back and, and say about this time, and it's a kind of kind of surreal i guess to be in a time where uh, you know that people might look back on at some point and go you know and, and think that, that that it was significant it's interesting it's interesting to think about it in that context yeah um but um but it's happening yeah it's happening so it's it's a wonderful thing because um you know you kind of can can show that all this stuff does exist and um other like we said you couldn't previously and and um <clears throat> you know things the the conceptions and uh philosophies in in 
art movements are not just dominated by one train of thought. I mean, realism is a part of it. Yeah. And uh, you can't deny it. You just can't deny that it, although it's very, you know, it comes, the, the tradition of it is very classical. Yes, it is. However, it exists in this modern time and there's so many things you can do with it in a new way, things that have never been done before. Oh, yeah. And the subjects, um, you know, the subjects depicted are subjects that didn't exist back then. So it's it's almost like like there's histor- artists are historians in a way. Yeah, and I think that comes from also, uh, like we were talking about earlier, just, just artists following their own vision. I mean, it's, you know... Um, we don't have any choice but to be individuals and have, you know, our own thoughts and have our own, um, dreams and, and things that move us. So I think as long as, uh, as, as long as artists keep creating work that moves them individually, um, you know, the, the, the looks or the subject matter or the whatever is being painted is always going to be fresh as you're never going to run out of, you know, just yeah. as, as long as people keep making work that's true to themselves. And, um, uh, yeah, Absolutely. And, and sort of have the courage to kind of put that out there and, and not fall into um, doing things uh, because it has, um, I guess, because it's already been accepted, I'm going to keep doing that. I think if we, we have to sort of, uh, take the skills that we can learn um, from the past and then and then make work that resonates with us as individuals. Absolutely. And that's what's important in any art yeah. art form, whether it be realism or anything. You know, that's the beauty of art, you right. know, dance, uh, poetry, painting. You know, it's it's the expression of humanity and, right. uh, you know, being true to it. And, and I think, you know, when the audience connects and relates to it is when it's powerful, right. you know? And so, uh, so that's the beauty of art. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know? so I wanted to talk to you about, uh, the work that you've done kind of uh, spotlighting or, or, or showing, uh, bringing to the forefront uh, female painters throughout history. And I was reading your blog last night, Palettes and Pearls. Um, and I thought it was really cool. Um, well, thanks. So, I, oh. yeah, I just wanted to talk to you about that for a minute. Um, I guess uh, I'll... I'll shut up in a second and let you talk about it. But uh, attached to that was uh, was a question. Do you think that um, there are still uh, obstacles in the, in the way of female painters? You know, that's that's an interesting question. Um, <clears throat> you know, this what we're talking about, the social media platform. I think that has had a wonderful impact on you know the ability for everyone yeah regardless of whether you're male or female to show your work to the public um 
you don't have to rely on the venue like the galleries, you know. Um, and there's so many now showing their work and they're terrific artists. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's a beautiful thing. Um, I think things have changed a whole lot in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And um, it's headed in the right direction. I mean, <clears throat> the museum world is, is, you know, is kind of chiming in. It's starting to come around a little bit. Yeah. Um, the, the Met had a, a, sh- a show recently on uh, Elizabeth Vigée Lebrun, which, you know, I've been going to the Met for many, many years. And if, I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that was one of the first solo exhibitions of a female painter, which was really oh, uh neat yeah um i was you know i really enjoyed it and uh, she was terrific i mean my goodness she yeah. painted more than 800 paintings oh in her gosh. lifetime yeah. she traveled all over europe um <clears throat> painting all the royalty uh, from all the different countries and uh you know so it's really nice to see that you know, and her paintings are terrific. I mean, they're very distinctive. You could really see she had a fingerprint in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell it was her work. And, um, you know, so that's kind of nice. And uh, that's kind of why, you know, it's interesting. Why did I start doing these paintings and the blog and the whole thing? Yeah. Um, you know, the whole idea was, you know, when I started I discovered, uh, I discovered, um, this wonderful painting at the Met. I, I, you know, and I've always been one that I loved going to museums. I used to go when I was a child with my father and, uh, he would take me straight to the Rembrandts and (laughs) (laughs) you, we were like, you know, it was like all about Rembrandt and I love Rembrandt. He's probably my favorite artist. I like, you know, he's just has it all. Yeah. And, uh, I loved Rembrandt and, uh, but my whole life I've gone to the Met and I've looked at different things and, you know, but not too long ago, I, I went and I discovered this beautiful painting by, uh, Adelaide LaBille Guillard. And, uh, it's the one she did called self-portrait with two pupils. And I always talk about this painting. I, I think it changed my life. I don't know. Cool. I, I, yeah. I kind of, I saw it at the Met and I was struck by it the day I first saw it. And I read the story of it and, um, I, I, I was like, wow, this is so interesting, my goodness. So this woman, she painted herself in this painting, and she had two of her students peering out to the viewer. Yeah. And uh, apparently what, what, why she did that, why did she paint her two students in the painting, they were not allowed to show their art uh, back then the pupils, they did their paintings, but they were not allowed to exhibit in the, the Royal Academy, uh, salon exhibition. And, um, because they were students or because they were women Okay, and there were, there were only four women in, in that, 
um, the Royal Academy. And so the Royal Academy in Paris had uh, an exhibition, I believe it was every two years. So it was the Salon exhibition, the mm-hmm. Royal Salon. And so only the four women who were in it were allowed to show. Which oh, it was, I see. Okay. Yeah, so it was Adelaide Labille, it was Elizabeth Vigée Lebrun, Anna Valier Coaster, who was a still life painter, and then the other one was Marie Therese Riboul, which she wasn't as well known, but there was the four. Uh-huh. So, but no, but no, none other, no other uh, women could exhibit. I mean, it was only by membership. So, anyway, so it was very limited. So, you know what she did? She painted them in the painting, and this painting was exhibited, and they were in the show via her painting. So I thought that was so neat that she did that. Yeah. And um, I just loved, you know, the uh, the whole story of that painting, and and at the time I I thought about it, and this painting kept haunting my memory. I guess I kept thinking <laughs> about it. And, um, at the time I wasn't doing any homages or anything. And, um, I was working actually on my first solo exhibition at, uh, the Edinger gallery. Mm-hmm. And, um, I pulled a book off my bookshelf cause I was, I had been painting the whole day and I was tired and I wanted to sit down <laughs> and I went, I went downstairs yeah. with this book and I mean, this is an interesting story how things are meant to be. I kind of, it was a book on women artists, like, I don't know if, I think it was 1550 to like, I don't know, 1950 or something like that. Yeah. And and I opened the book to the the biography of Adelaide LaBille Guillard. And I was like, I can't believe this. I'm like what are the chances that I would just open this book to her biography? <laughs> yeah. And I, I was, I was like, there were like a hundred artists in the book. I mean, it was not a small book. And, uh, anyway, I became really like, I was like, wow, this is such an interesting story. She was yeah. such an interesting woman and she was a terrific painter. And I'm like, and I never even heard of her, you know? Right. And so, that was the whole start for me of like, you know what, uh, I'm going to start telling these stories because they mean something. Yeah. They're, they are meaningful and they are such interesting stories. And these, I mean, you know, the times were not so simple to be, uh, it wasn't considered... I guess, proper to be a, a, a female painter. I mean, they were entering a world that was really dominated by men. I mean, yeah. you know, if you wanted to be a history painter and you were a woman, they were like, oh, well, you know, look at this one here. She's <laughs> trying to, you know, she's trying to like do this, you know, so yeah. it was like kind of like they would get these funny looks and, but I think it was very brave. And oh, yeah, of course. I, you know, I think it makes it all the more remarkable that they were like had the guts to actually venture into that world that wasn't exactly allowing or, or encouraging. I mean, they were accepted, but 
but with, you know, shoulder shrugging and like, you know, so, you know, I think that's important to know about. And I think it's inspirational. Um, and so I, I kind of, that's how I started doing these paintings. And I'm like, well, if I can use my platform, I guess, to bring some attention and for some, just one, two, three, four people to know these names, I've done something, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I, 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 I don't know. It's just something I can I can do a lot of paintings about. So I I, I that's how it all started. And and you know the blog is the same idea. I mean it, you know once you put it on the internet, all that knowledge and I'm adding to the database that's there. So the more that's on there, the more information that people can find. And you know I have like a collection. Yeah. Of books on these women like I have like all I found all these interesting stories and so I try to you know they take time they're historical right. fact filled right. I can't just sit in one day and do it oh no yeah I can imagine but but it, once they're there they're there and so even if I do them a bit at a time I, I'm building this collection of stories on this yeah. blog and uh, that's kind of something i enjoy doing yeah it's great i, I mean I, I thought it was really really interesting reading um well thanks a, yeah it was a great job great job on thank that. you thank you um and and so uh, the, the painting that came out of that um or, or a painting that came out of that was one that you did with um about um uh, i'm gonna butcher the name adelaide um, oh, sorry. the burning of the, is it yeah, the burning, the of, burning uh, of Adelaide LaBeal Guillard's yeah. masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, so that yeah, I know that painting. That was that's my biggest painting. Oh, cool. To date, I mean, and I, I, you know, when I told you I opened the book, read her biography. Yeah, that story was in there, and I'm like, that's I, incredible. Yeah. I know. I was like, I can't believe this story you know she she started to do this huge painting her biggest ever with multiple figures incredibly ambitious and you also have to remember something else the the french revolution was happening yeah so yeah isn't that incredible i I mean the fact that that she was doing this kind of work right. in this crazy, scary time yeah. was just, I mean, I, I just, I think it's incredible. And so, they, you know, she spent two years doing this painting, this incredibly yeah. ambitious painting that was, again, like, you know, women didn't do this sort of thing too often. I'm not saying, like, there was Angelica Kaufman who did do history painting and all that stuff. But, listen, this was, they were in the midst of the French Revolution. And You're these, right. they were always being watched. And there was such chaos that... um you know, it was just burned. It was burned. And, uh, I mean, I can only speculate and imagine how she felt about that. Um, it it was, it kind of like, I found it very moving that, um, 
that something like that happened to her. And I'm like, you know, this would be something that I could, I mean, I, that would be a subject for me to do. I mean, I, in, in a way it would be like commemorating her and this tragedy and, and marking that she did venture. It, it was something she did. Yeah. She really did attempt that genre that great the most i mean history painting back then was like i think considered like the highest Mm -hmm. uh, most prestigious form of painting yeah so uh you know so it's not something to be forgotten and that's kind of what i did it that size because i was like this is a monumental (laughs) i was like if i do this small it's not the same thing it's right. not, yeah, it's, and, and, yeah, and kind of commemorate the fact that she, that the painting that was that was burned was a large, ambitious painting, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, it's only, and I was like, to do that painting was really not that easy to put together. I mean, I was like, I had to deal with, well, how would I get it in here? How would I get it out of here? How would? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like I had to measure the staircase. Oh my gosh. Um, what was the you size know, of, the, of your painting? It, it was 72 by 105, something like that. Okay. And I, I can only tell you that wow. I made that painting as big as I could. <laughs> if, if, if I would have made it two inches bigger, it would have not gone up or down the stairs. <laughs> So it was almost like a magical, like, okay, I, it was like meant to be because I almost didn't do it yeah. because I didn't realize the staircase was as wide as it was. <laughs> I know. I, I, I was now like you know this, exactly the dimensions you can exactly, work with with that staircase. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I was like, this will never fit in the elevator here. <laughs> so it was like, it was almost like one day I got a little tap on the shoulder that was like, well, go measure the staircase. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, you know what? Let me see. Wait a minute. Yeah, this a is idea. a little one. That's a good idea. Yeah. It's like a little wider than I thought it was. So, uh, you know, so it kind of things fell into place with that painting and um you know that meant something to me to do that painting yeah yeah that's great so you know that's that story of adelaide labilgi i'm hoping that somebody someday will put together like a solo exhibition of her work that would that she you know she's a wonderful painter and that would be a great thing yeah elizabeth vijay's happened and they were kind of contemporary and you know in one of my blogs i kind of kind of wrote about a rivalry which i don't know but i'm gonna speculate that people did compare them in their day oh i'm sure Um, yeah you know and uh you know adelaide was every bit as good as as uh elizabeth so it would be nice yeah, it's, to it, see an, an exhibition of hers. It's interesting to see, and you you know you talked about it a little bit in that blog post um, that the fact that uh, Vijay Lebrun was maybe more popular uh, might be due to politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also thought it was really interesting that um, uh, Labille Guillard. Did I say that right? 
Yeah, well, I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, when I go to Paris, I kind of keep my mouth shut. <laughs> so. Well, it, it, anyway, Adelaide, we'll just we'll just call her Adelaide. Um, I thought it was really interesting that she ended up uh, supporting the revolution, even though those were the people that burned her painting. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know, politics, politics, politics. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. sort. You know, it's kind of like. You know, she was friendly with the monarchy because she painted the Sisters of the King. So there were ties there, but she tried to sort of play it safe. And she did paintings of, you know, she painted um, Maximilian uh, Robespierre. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, so, you know, she she, she must have had a, a really good personality i mean she was she must have i mean i can only imagine what she was like well just yeah i mean we you know we sort of view our our time right now as this kind of uh scary weird kind of crazy time but that was like i mean that's legitimately scary and weird and crazy like (laughs) i know imagine this too but but we're not going through that i know and the next day you never know if you were going to be around or not and they were so callous and so i mean i can only imagine what she must have gone through uh but she must have had she she must have been a really good politician you know, so, yeah, so it was very, I mean, it's almost like when I write the blog, I'm a little bit of a detective, because I'm Mm kind of like looking at little bits and pieces I'm reading in different places, and I'm trying to put together these ideas that are just, you know, you get glimpses of them. Yeah. Um, And uh, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. 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 Let's see. Well, um, is there anything that else that you want to talk about before we wrap up here? It's been it's been a, just a real pleasure talking to you. Um, oh, likewise. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, uh, I think we've covered a lot. So, you know, I I can't think of anything else. I mean, okay. where where can people see some of your work out in the real world? Um, I'm represented by uh, Harmon Meek Gallery in Naples, Florida. And, uh, oh, this is something. I'm planning a show uh, for the fall of 2018. So, uh, yeah, so that's where, you know, you'll be hearing about uh, my work. And, uh, you know, so that'll be the next uh, thing. Yeah. So Is that going to be at the gallery? uh, That's going to be at the gallery. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, you know, always working away, uh, working hard at this thing called art, (laughs) you know, it's a, it's one of those things you just got to keep going and going and, uh, you know, continuing the vision. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, well, Thank you so much. It's been, um, like I said, a, a real pleasure and inspiring and um, some, some well, really. Likewise. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, thank you. Okay, Danny. Well, thanks. And um, all the best. Yeah. Same to you. We'll talk to you down the road. Okay. Thank you.
Okay, thanks again to Gabriella. Really fun talking with her. Um, go look at her website, GabrielaDeloso.com, and check out the blog, palettesandpearls.blogspot.com, where she highlights female painters um, from history. Uh, music on this website is from the Whiplash soundtrack, which happens to be a movie that I highly recommend if you haven't seen it. Uh, I actually watched it for the second time the other day and enjoyed it more than the first time I saw it. It's a really intense movie about um, a young drummer who goes to the best jazz school in uh, the country and drumming is uh, his life. He is highly driven to be uh, great. So the movie is about his desire to be one of the all-time greats and the collision course he is forced to go through with the top band director at the school there who is um, incredibly demanding to the point of being abusive. But uh, it can be argued that... Um, he actually pushes uh, the young drummer, Andrew, to be better than he ever would have. Um, of course, it, it comes at a very high cost, however. Um, but if you love movies about people trying to achieve something great and people willing to push themselves as hard as they can possibly push to reach their goals, um, I, I think you'll enjoy this movie. Um, and again, I definitely liked it better the second time um, because I I was able to focus on uh, some of the more subtle aspects of the movie, some of the more uh, the more subtle character stuff that's going on. Miles Teller is the actor, plays the young drummer, and J.K. Simmons plays the director. Uh, both are uh, just incredible characters. Um, and it's directed by the same guy who directed La La Land, which I haven't seen yet, but I want to. Heard good things. Um, so that's Whiplash. Uh, go check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, and spread the good word about this podcast and drop me a line if you feel so inclined. I love to get feedback about the show. If you're listening on my website, you can just leave a comment right there. Um at the bottom of the podcast post. And if you're listening on iTunes, you can leave comments there. And while you're at it, don't forget to give us eight and a half stars there on iTunes. And uh, you can email me, danny at dannygrantfineart.com and join me right here next time uh, where we'll have another fantastic episode of the studio. Thanks, everybody.